Look, I'm not a fan of child pornography, but... <laughs> not a child pornography fan, no. but oh, this is Oh, class. you yeah. said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm now recording locally. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, just, just throw that into the blackmail file. So... Uh... <laughs> oh, well, they said they were not a fan of child pornography, if anything. Exactly. Uh, if anything, it's exhausting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a phrase I'd love to have attached to my name. <laughs> Perhaps on a shirt, you know. Uh, <laughs> my not a fan of child pornography shirt is prompting a lot of questions answered by my shirt. <laughs> well, we've solved the new t-shirt design question just <laughs> quite intensely, fan. I think. It's such yeah. a good... it's like it's like every bond sort of like frowning outwards <laughs> and not a fan of child pornography. No. Uh, I'm not. Get you to sync to sync your recording. Oh yeah. Uh, sure. Three, two, one, Mark. Delightful. Um, I, I think we can leave all of yeah, that Yeah, anyway, in, speaking probably. of doing horrible things involving children, <laughs> here's Agent Cody Banks 2. <laughs> Are you telling me that the CIA was behind Beanie Babies? Sorry about this one. Abigail. Hello, episode of Kill James Bond podcast. I'm Alice Corbett Kelly, joined by my friends as always, uh, Abigail Thorne, Devon. Friends is a strong and, word, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> After this, yeah, yeah. we did it. Jo- we- joined, joined by my enemies. <laughs> we finally did it. We found a worse film than Stormbreaker, and it was me again. <laughs> in, in the weirdly prolific British child spy genre. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's it's Agent Cody Banks two Destination oh. London because we we always have to start with a sequel. This oh. is what Frankie Muniz did after um, Cody Banks in the middle. one. He, well, you add that <laughs> yeah, too, remarkably yeah. quickly uh, after it came out, for a year after Cody Banks one. Yeah, this film is kind of in. I, I've been doing some like browsing on Wikipedia into the, sort of the backstage of this film, and like it's insane who was involved in making it and how connected they are. This film was made by the deep mm. state. Mm. I I also have this theory, uh, which I think is contained within the text of the film. But so, uh, I haven't seen Agent Cody Banks one destination wherever he goes in Agent Cody no, Banks me neither. one. Uh, no, so me neither. we see him instead, uh, like gillied up in the woods hunting other guys for sport. Like like I think we saw Jason Bourne do this in like the sort of CIA. Uh, training facility where you just like stalk people through the woods. Cody Banks um, is sixteen. Can, can yes. honestly, that's he's a teenager. Yes, uh, he's and he's like at summer camp, which is a CIA training facility. Um, and you can tell it's a CIA training facility because all of the camp counselors wear jumpsuits with CIA on the back. Um, Not a bad look, and, and they're doing. About no, no, it's 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 surprisingly strong. But they're doing like uh, they're really warm as well. Regular shit. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like they're like driving the hovercraft from uh, Die Another Day. They're you know uh, shooting big harpoons at a target. All of these things, um, and this already gets me to my first problem. Right, as soon as I see the big CIA jumpsuit, I go, "That goes hard. I want one." But it, <laughs> it also makes me go, "You didn't normally, right?" As now against my will, something of a connoisseur of the child spy movie genre. Normally, yeah. what what you do is you make up a, a like child friendly spy agency, yeah. like Whoop, yeah, right? Child or like, intelligence like, OSS Junior, yeah, yeah, kid. for sure. Like it's sort of like a Venture Brothers thing, like the Guild. You have to have rules, right? You have to have a child friendly spy agency, and you have to pair them with like age appropriate sort of uh, enemies, right? This movie doesn't do that, so it's just the CIA. Yeah, just like, like Stormbreaker was was just like MI5. Yeah, Co- Cody Banks is fully in the, like the National Clandestine Service. He was in Tora fucking Bora in two thousand and three, waterboarding people. Yeah, Jack Ryan is saying to Cody Banks, "People are a big fan of you at the moment." Waterboarding, rendition. <laughs> Cody Banks is like, "Not my unit." Was my yeah. unit? When, when it, in yeah yeah in Shadow Recruit, when he's like, "It's not my unit." The the unit that was. That was Cody Banks. Mm. He was doing all of Why that shit. Why was Cody he Banks was... on 9-11? <laughs> he was the one, like, escorting Saudi royals out of the country. Um, <laughs> he was probably uh, uh, on recess. 
He was yeah, yeah, quite yeah. young, I uh, believe, during 9 11. <laughs> I <just> imagine. <laughs> so, but so the, the, the vibe with this camp is like the typical sort of like pseudo Native American thing that uh, like American summer camps so often do. It's called Camp Woody, by the way. Um, but like, yeah, for instance, mm. all of their shit conceals spy shit. The log cabins contain like bomb disposal training. Uh, and most notably, a big totem pole contains a bunch of radar dishes and antennae. And to me, this is obviously an interesting commentary on the national security state's co-option of Native American identities, whether that's from SEAL Team Tomahawks to the Apache helicopter. Um, and you know, I think it's a very, very stark anti-imperialist message to put in Agent Cody Banks to Destination London. Yeah, um, and I agree completely. But so, now- <laughs> yeah. So, listen, I. As as brain god, as a genius, I mm-hmm, I don't yeah. think of myself as like I'm not patting myself on the back too hard for figuring out the plot of a children's movie. Um, but I clocked <laughs> the, the, the bad movie guy that Amazon literally literally goes. Do you want to? Are you sure? You're, are you sure about At this, this point? Amazon's given up asking if I want to start a kids account. They, they're just like, okay, this guy's just weird. <laughs> this guy's just a freak. <laughs> um, and fast fair, <laughs> to keep watching his mm. fucking child spy movie. Wait, you guys paid for this? <laughs> Listen, Why? I'm expensing that. That like I am getting <laughs> I that one pound ninety nine back this. out of Kill James my, Bond. My accountant doesn't need to know about this. <laughs> my, my accountant is also the trash future accountant. He has seen worse. Um, so, so yeah, you're you're right. Dev. We do see our, our obvious bad guy, Captain Victor Diaz, yes. who has been like affectionately and ironically nicknamed Captain Squishy. I fucking love this guy. He's Good. the one guy in the movie who like doesn't have to pretend to be having fun. Uh, he he's like this. This actor's performance is um, <laughs> unique. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think he's really good. Uh, I think compared to everyone out, else, he's probably fine. <laughs> it's 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 outsider art. He's he's like this is right. The dynamic I'm trying to explain here is that Victor Diaz, played by um, Lily Allen's dad, yeah, that's Keith fucking Allen. insane, yeah. right? Okay, so again, deep state number one. I, I was going to have three facts about this actor. Number one, he is the director's brother. Uh, number yeah. two, he's done a lot of pantomime, which explains his yeah. presence in the film and explains his presence in the film. But then the <laughs> fucking like the like the setup reminder twist. The third shocking thing is that this is Lily Allen's father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lily Allen, as we know, an agent of the deep state. Uh, yeah, but, like, talent the th- skips a generation, apparently. The, 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 the way the way I would describe this uh, this sort of dynamic that he has with every other actor in this movie is uh, only human in a cast of Muppets. Like, yeah. there's, what? there's a, this guy's a muppet in a cast of, of muppets. This guy's muppet no. squared. He's so offbeat. <laughs> no, no, like no. in every scene, he's like not listening to any other performance. He's just like, no, the emotional tempo of this scene is what I say. Actually, yeah, it's perfect because he's playing like an ice chewing CIA psycho who like stirs his coffee with a K bar, who is like being forced to look after kids and do childminding and hates it. It rules. One bright spot of this movie. It's- Sometimes yeah, yeah. not being able to act is the perfect character choice. <laughs> yes. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you simply need to cast a bad actor, and that's that's all there is to it. Sometimes a stop clock is right all day. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's that's right. Sometimes it's just it's broken in a way that just follows you around. Absolutely. Um but so an alarm goes off because the parents are coming to visit, and so they have to conceal all of their CIA shit, all of the, like, this is a fun little sequence, they, like, stow all of their spy gear and stuff. Um, we also see that all the other kids on the uh, on the camp really look up to Cody Banks, and they think he's the best. Mm. They do. Yeah, they've got, the, they've got the small kid, they've got the weirdly ripped kid. Yeah, the, this the, kid's not ripped, one? he's just shirtless. Like this, this kid's just got a bandana on and no shirt, and that's his like character. Fine, fine. Unfortunately, the ripped coded he's not kid. in it. And at, yeah. no, at this point, like at least two of the kids have looked directly at the camera uh, that I've clocked. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's happened. Can't yeah. stop doing but it. They're all like, "Jesus Christ, that's Cody Banks." Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. So you get like um, the sequence of all of the the super spy CIA summer camp activities being replaced with normal ones for a summer camp, like. All of the rockets go back underground. People start hiding the jet skis. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a little, it's a fun little sequence. Um, yeah, 
and 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 we see Cody's parents who are sort of put upon and beleaguered and kind of dumb, and his younger brother Alex, yeah, his younger who brother will buy us from did, Stranger Things. Yeah, will buy us from Stranger Things. Who just incidentally delivers no, this line. Isn't there some sort of exchange program we could trade him in for like a hot chick? Well, th th there yes, is. Yes, but yeah. it takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> He's, six, he's like 16, so like at least two years of puberty blockers, so... Well, I mean, um, not in a normal country. That's in true. this one, um, there would be, in theory, two years, but in reality, no years. Yeah, Agent yeah. Cody Banks 3, Destination Informed Consent Pathway. <laughs> destination a strange clinic. <laughs> it's a very strange Let's be realistic, clinic. Destination Canada to get, destination. like, informed consent. Okay. Um, destination Yerevan. Yeah. But yeah, his so, family so, so, don't so, know that he's... <laughs> His family don't know he's in the CIA, much like mine. <laughs> yeah. Captain Captain Diaz like hates it, hates everything. Oh, he fucking um, hates they do a sing along. On, yeah. Uh and then and then the next night, uh like two black helicopters fucking zero dark thirty the summer camp. Which is I, I was I was a bit concerned about where this was going, you know. Uh, <sighs> In in my life, many times when watching one of these movies, I've written the phrase "series of things happen," but never yes. more so, I think, mm -hmm. than the the opening of Agent Cody Banks to Destination London. <laughs> it was funny that they had to get guys who like knew how to fast rope out of a helicopter to be in Agent Cody Banks to Destination London for this. You remember um, that bit in Spy Kids 2, listeners, where the, the kids punched the, uh, the bad guys and it was like quite funny and charming in a way? Yes. This, we do that here, but it's not good. So the kids yes, defeat the troops. Stretch out like five minutes. Yeah, they like yeah. tie the shoelaces together and like trip them up and we get like, like sound effects. It's just like, oh, Jesus. We, we, we didn't know how good we had it with Spy Kids. No, truly right? we did because not. Because uh, as, as much as like those were an insane series of movies, and I think we still have one left. Yeah, we haven't um, touched Spy Kids 1 owing to our rules. Or Spy Kids they're, 4. They're, they're the so four? much better made than this. Oh. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they attack the camp, the kids fight them, uh, and Cody Banks gets Captain Diaz, who they think that is the target of the attack, to safety. They evacuate him in a helicopter. Uh, just in time for Keith David, a guy I love to see in a movie, or a video game, or anything. Uh, Goliath, Dr. Facilier, uh, to show up as the director of the CIA, and go, no, we were actually trying to kill him, it wasn't like an exercise or anything. Uh, fo follow me to the secret lab <laughs> no, underneath we were the summer camp. Earnestly zero dark thirtying this summer camp. <laughs> yeah, we we were fully like trying to rendition him. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, what you've done is you've perpetrated a series of like childlike goofs on us while we were trying to do that. But in a classic bit of American policing, they went in far too hot and announced their presence. Like, they went in with two helicopters. Would simply have knocked on the door and arrested the man. Would have been a lot yeah, easier. It was, it, it was a no knock raid on a summer camp. Yeah. yeah. Um. So at this point, he, he, he takes him down into the basement of like forbidden knowledge, forbidden inventions, uh, which it has segues in it because those were cool when, whenever this movie came out. I didn't check, I didn't care enough to. Uh, no, but they did once kill their inventor by like driving him off a cliff, which to me is like the, the perfect illustration of hubris, you know? <laughs> Creating the segue and then me to get on top of a glacier, and it's like, I expected this reception. <laughs> no, just, Why just are you so like... cruel to me when you of all creatures owe me love? <laughs> some sort of like motorized Daedalus being like, you know, I, I'm I'm really good at uh, creating sort of wheeled mm. wheeled transport. Definitely Segway, like I ought to be thy atom. Build me another of my kind. <laughs> Definitely the the second funniest inventor killed by his own invention after like Midgley Junior. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so, what he does, what Keith uh, Keith David does, is explains to him. Okay, so you're, you know about MK Ultra, right? Yes, a CIA mind control program. It's a CIA mind control program. It's it's a CIA mind control program. It was a secret kill squad. Uh, but he he genuinely explains like, yeah, we we were trying to do mind control at the CIA, but for like educational purposes. Yeah. <laughs> And then the thing the CIA is famously involved in. Yeah, and then this guy tried to do it, but bad. And he shows him 
uh, like a little iPad thing. And the placeholder text, which I paused to see, which you weren't really able to do when this came out, um, is a fairly accurate depiction of the US Army's Edgewood Arsenal tests as part of Operation Third Chance and Operation Derby Hat, uh, where it, it's literally horrific. They it's it's a piece of text about the time that they uh captured, dosed up with LSD and psychologically tortured a soldier they suspected of um stealing classified documents for three months at a black site. Wow. Um, when you say psychological except, torture, how how does that actually work? Um a lot of like weird temperature changes and noises and uh, like verbal degradation and like humiliation. The fun stuff. You Just know. make you read um, the replies to my tweets. <laughs> yeah, they've got this one account that like knows exactly what they think you did, and they're going to post about it non-stop. They show you this um, picture of uh, the cute library alien, and you just go insane. <laughs> Four days later, you just oh, absolutely fucking mad. <laughs> Dose you up with LSD and show you children's literacy mascots. What am I to assume about this mascot? What's its mum look like? Where is its mother? Tell me what genitals it has now! <laughs> it's good. And it's the most English way to torture someone. <laughs> oh, friend of a show. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so uh, Google, Google James R. Thornwell for a horrifying story. Fun note that they uh, swapped out his name with the name of the VFX producer of the movie as a sort of Easter yeah. egg. But like, put that in the movie. Why would... You might be the yeah, first like, person hey, to catch this, by the way. It's not even listed in the trivia on like IMDb. Or- no, no, no. It's it's full. It's fully like uh, in December 1960, a so-called special purpose team was was assembled that like dosed motherfuckers up with uh, with LSD uh, across multiple countries, three continents. Um, just it's it's really bad. At one point, one of them got so concerned about the fact that they were dosing so many people with LSD that he got paranoid that they had dosed him with LSD, and their solution was. Why don't we give you some LSD so you can compare and contrast whether or not we've done it? When listen, was... when you've got LSD, every every solution is just yeah. LSD yeah. essentially. Yeah, that's the, when all yeah. you've got the... is a hammer. All your solutions look like LSD. Experimental Agent One Seven Two Nine. If if anyone was curious, uh, they they really they really went quite heavily into the LSD, uh, and that sort of distracted me for a while. It took me four hours to watch an hour and a half movie for children because I'm neurotypical. It felt um, about that long when I watched it from beginning to end. In, in in large part because when I read this, I felt like so 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 brushed by the wings of something dark that I had to like pause and get up and walk around for a yeah. bit and read a bunch about Edgewood Arsenal. Um, yeah, that's an unbelievably fucked thing to put in a children's <laughs> movie. It's just like, yeah, CIA mind control real. Here are some historical details about the time we uh, threatened to drive a guy permanently insane and basically did. And like, um, anyway, you could have just used Laura Mipsum on at this. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. reason could have done, to have so, done someone this. Someone had to source that text. Someone um, on this film that. knew knew about the horrible things the CIA did and still portrayed them as the good guys in this film. Which yeah, is- and it wasn't actually as easy to find out this stuff back then either. Also, the uh, uh, text there talks about like targeted individuals as a whole other thing. Anyway, I'm going to get into targeted individuals. <laughs> Rest assured, no, but no. thank uh, God. So, he, so Diaz has stolen two CDs that make the mind control but bad work. Yeah, this um, is literally like only- the way the movie frames it as well. They're just like, we did mind control, but we were using it for like education. Diaz did it the bad way. And then the headline of the text that you've just read was like, Diaz does it the bad way. And a picture of him. And then yeah. underneath some extraordinarily so funny insane like, text. Yeah, for like a so visual like a gag throwaway. to be like... Uh, yeah, uh, and, and then the subhead is like... Uh, the subhead is just like, hey, do you, do you, do you, do you know this? <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, in, in 1979, the CIA sent a guy with a light bulb full of a fucking attenuated bacteriological weapon into the New York City subway, where he broke it on a station and uh, deliberately tried to like test how it infected people through the ventilation, which it did, and it killed about a dozen people. Anyway, um, there's only one guy. There's only one guy in the world who can make the discs work and do mind control to people. And it's uh fucking guy named Lord uh, Kenworth, British peer, y- evil yes. scientist, James Faulkner, who does uh, uh, according to his like Wikipedia page, does a line in like British peer. That's like his thing. Um, 
So he, we're going to have to get you to infiltrate his his house, his mansion, under the cover of an international youth orchestra. It says in your file that you played the clarinet for three years. But Cody reveals that he was lying about this in order to gaslight girls into into dating him. Um, so at this point, they go, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, it's, it, I, <laughs> They're probably just like, yeah, <laughs> we're, whatever. We're, we're, yeah. We, we'll, te- we'll teach you to play the fucking car- clarinet. Cut to that scene from Deutschland 83. Um, it's, 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 listen, about a tenth of the audience are laughing right now. But, um, but they're laughing hard. You have. To- oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this so point, he-, he flies to London and we get a song oh, which is like, we, we couldn't ever. afford the clash. They wanted London uh, yeah. calling, but couldn't get it. <laughs> I also wrote royalty free London calling. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. I, I, I will be referring back to this. London. London. Just, just up top, it's before we get to meet all of the British characters that we will meet throughout this, and just be not English, British, no tea. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. These people, it's so nice to see a movie being racist against England. I don't, I've never it seen it. It is. It genuinely, it legitimately. It's it's along with Joe Biden, yeah. right? This is my shining light of unexpected but very real anti-English prejudice, and it, it we deserve it, you know. I, I think um, I've got some interesting things to say later on about like the portrayal of English twee aristocracy, but yes, yeah, we go, yeah. To, so, we go to Britain and uh, no, not just to Britain, to God. Thank you, yes. Uh, yes. So, and, and Cody meets his handler, uh, played by Anthony Anderson, who is yeah. too good for this I, film. I well, The thing is about Anthony Anderson, right, so I wrote down, guy I love to see, and then I did some googling, and I, I wrote down under that, until I saw that his Wikipedia page has an allegations oh. section, and now now he's not a guy I like to oh. see, which is a shame. He's oh, he is too good for this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, Still too good for this movie. Um, he, he is. Yeah, no. This is this guy's such an American character. This is this guy is like one mm-hmm. of the shared mythology of America, which is just like mm-hmm. we've got a large black man to be really, really over the top. It's like it's it's yeah. He's like, and he's funny. He's your friend. It's like donkey yeah. and Shrek. As a comic it's character. like the entire Norbit thing. Like this is just. It's the way things go. More, more or less like every role Chris Tucker has ever yeah. played. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Playing an archetype. There's a lot of Eddie Murphy. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, it's an archetype. The, the, yeah, um, and you know he, he takes them to their command center, which is a black cab driven by a guy named Kumar, because... Mm, uh, and I, I, guess it's, I guess it's topical. I guess this is a Pimp My Ride joke, that it has like all of the secret features, chief among them a big sound system, but like... I, I just I watched the scene and I wrote down ah another day of writing not racistly, uh, d- dusting hands. It's you know it's another one on the can and it's not racist. Yeah, no. Also, also there is they drive through London, which is in a sort of very tourist series of shots. Like, hey, check out the London Eye. They all get out of the cab, and I I realize all three of them, uh, uh, uh Kumar, Anthony Anderson, Frankie Muniz. All wearing the civilian version of the traditional USian huge suit, where it's like it's like a, it's like regular clothes, but it's fitted like the huge suit. I guess this is just how clothes were. In yeah, I think this is just what, what Americans wore in like the early noughties. They just wore clothes that were too big. It's very odd. Mm, strange. Yeah, yeah. You get it doesn't have the same sort of like valence as the huge suit. It's not. It's not quite as good as the traditional USian huge suit. Um, the mm. you get such a like. TripAdvisor, Baby's First London, like, <laughs> montage. Yeah. They just, they drive past fucking House of Parliament, they point at the tower and they go, that's Big Ben. No, it isn't, but, like, whatever, who gives yeah. a shit? Um, and then... They, they get on the London go on the night, And then they go into the London dungeon underneath the fucking, um... London County yeah, Council. The London building. Dungeon. The, the, this is this is worth your money. This is worth going into. If they were going um, to renamed the London Crypts. Yeah. <laughs> if they had opened one, one door across, they could have had this entire like fucking fake Q scene in uh, Shrek's Adventure, and that would have been yeah much better. I think. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, they 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 divert off the ride, and Cody has to meet 
a second British person. Do we need to explain to audiences what the London Dungeon is? It's 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 a fairground ride. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's like oh, it's Jack the Ripper. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, So 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 he meets he meets a second British person who appears to be what I would describe. I've I've written down here as an eccentric, laudanum addicted paedophile. (laughs) My notes just say a very racist depiction of a British person. (laughs) So, so, yeah. so like uh, N- Nigel Thornbury, but like dosed to the gills on opium, enters the scene making this. Is the this... guy the CIA came all that LSD to? Yeah, yeah, and, and he enters the scene making this noise. <laughs> he, he will be making this throughout the he's scene. He's got like bad teeth. He's like drinking a cup of tea. It's like really bad. Yeah, like the, here's the thing, right? There's a difference between expectation and what this movie actually gives you. I went into this movie expecting a bit of like light-hearted American chauvinism, <laughs> right? Just being like, "Oh, you're you're quite silly, aren't you?" As a nation, instead, what I got was a sort of brutal psychological assault on the concept of Britishness. Yes, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, the character even calls London a backwater at one point. Which I found to be fantastic. Anthony Anderson says they screwed up and they sent me to this fucking backwater. I'm like, this is still one of the cultural and financial capitals of the world. I'm not even from here and I hate this fucking city, but still, fuck you. Like, it's one of those things like, no, no, no. you want to talk about being from a backwater? You're from the United States of America. <laughs> we can talk shit about Britain. That's fine. That's legal. That's allowed. You can't fucking talk shit about Britain. No, <laughs> this is, like this character gen- genuinely is like a slur on British people. Not an inaccurate one, but the first of May, which is this is where I first had the the implication, but I'm going to reveal it here. This entire movie is just a series of failed attempts to get a Kaufman star. It's every <laughs> single scene, there's like yeah. one guy, and it's his one scene, and he goes ape shit, and then you never <laughs> see him again. Oh my God, he's so right. It's, it's literally true. Like he's working so hard for the Kaufman. Like, <laughs> and there's so many bits like this, and it's just it never lands never. any of them. So it just comes off as like mean spirit. It's kind of incredible to watch a film just try bit after bit after bit, and they all fail <laughs> every single God. one. Like, oh it's like God. listening to a lesser James Bond podcast. <laughs> I don't believe there are any other James Bond podcasts. So, anyway, this guy's um, he's fucking cute. So he gives Cody his gadgets. This is yeah, his, worst his, his like Q. fucking satanic zone. Q. We've, um, <laughs> we've seen so many he, he, fucking cues, and this is absolute bottom of the yes. barrel. This guy, yeah. he's he's da- he's down there with like never say never again. Oh, Q. Cockney Q. Um, My man is fucking s. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gives he gives them some fucking devices, a like directional microphone built into a retainer, uh, some some Mentos that explode when you lick them for blowing open doors, some other shit I don't recall. A grapple Not pen, important. I don't think he uses yeah, that. He a yo yo that he oh does he uh, and, and a clarinet. Mm, you have to use all of this shit, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, at, at this point, he has to go to to the mansion and meet. Lord Kenworth's wife. This, this is a good Lady bit, Kenworth. I think, now, from her. This is this is this is the other reason why this movie took me four hours to watch is because any time Anna Chancellor is on screen, I just start thinking about the the shape that her chin is and how I want. Into <laughs> so I, mean, I didn't yeah. notice anything. I'm gonna Google this woman. Anna Chancellor. I mean, it's the thing is this role is like significantly more severe. Than I would say she she usually played. She was in um an actually quite good BBC drama called The Hour for a long time. She was in another BBC drama called Spooks that was also good. I keep referencing it because it's a spy show, but we're never going to watch it because TV. Never um, going to watch any of the TV yeah, shows. Yeah, so stop right there. It's the winter of content, which means that this space that would have typically held an advert for our Patreon has been handed over to me talk about upcoming industrial action over the month of October. Hell, you can still subscribe to the Patreon if you want to. Um, But before you do that, there are a number of donation links in the description that you should take a quick look at. See if you would like to support any of those. All right. Industrial action news is as follows. 
Unison's strike ballot opened this week. So if you're a healthcare worker represented by Unison, uh, remember to vote yes for a strike because, well, why ever not? Uh, if you are a healthcare worker represented by Unite or GMB, their strike ballots are due to open later this month. No date has been set yet, but I will update you as information is announced. Uh, UCU, the University and College Workers Union, the ballot is ongoing. Make sure you get that in ASAP. You can request a replacement ballot until the 12th of this month. And there is a strike fund that you can donate to that will be in the description of this episode. Further, there are cost of living strikes planned by the UCU this month. The dates are the 6th and 7th, the 10th and 11th, the 18th, 19th and 20th. If you're not a university worker, but you live near enough university, check out if a strike's happening and feel free to join the picket. Solidarity, things of this nature. I shall be doing this. Uh, The postal strike is ongoing. Uh, The dates planned for this month are the 13th, 20th and 25th support these in any way you see fit um yeah that's enough of that i'll let you get back to listening to fucking cody banks to destination london Ever. yes uh so she she's Yo, she's playing sort is of this like <laughs> I, oh, I now you understand. So, <laughs> now you, get- you n- normally normally to get a chin and jawline like that, you would have to go to a transgender woman. But no, she is just posh. She's like you get posh enough on a like linear English scale, you become transgender. That's what happened right? to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it's uh... like it had the you happen to like Eva Green happened to uh, fucking uh, Nigella Lawson. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all, all of these women, and y- you know how I feel about women who look like this. So it's, but she's playing a sort of like art teachery, or I guess in this case, music teachery, kind of like scatterbrained role. Um, I I don't care. I'm not paying attention. I've stopped listening to the script at this point. I'm just thinking about various things. Uh, I'm I'm like making notes about like f- fucking budgeting for FFS. And like taking screenshots to show the surgeon. Um, and we I, meet I, the I, fucking. I don't know. Like it, this is like FMS. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Maybe I need some of that. Mm. Anyway, um, she has a she has a butler. She does called treble, and the joke is that he's senile. Yeah, that's the joke. Isn't funny. Br- British people, British people are a series of like type. This is. This is this feels about British people the way the movie Men feels about men. It's like yeah. So this this I, here's a good point to talk about like the portrayal of British aristocracy. Like the film depicts British aristos as like twee and out of touch and like eccentric and a little bit weird. And on the one hand, it's true like the British aristocracy is very like that, but it's not just kind of a harmless character effect. The reason our aristocrats are weird is because they have been insulated from the real world for so long by the kind of massive violence that they did to people of another country through imperialism, but also to like the working class of this country too. Like, the, Yes, the upper classes of Britain are sort of strange and eccentric, but they are that way because they like live on top of a mountain of fucking corpses and never have to engage with the real world. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, so at this point, we have to meet the International Youth Orchestra uh, and I wrote down, "Wow, this feels racist again." Yeah. Um, what's what? What's how would we describe the deal with uh, with these with these children with these kids? It's a national stereotype orchestra, international orchestra of stereotypical children. So there's a big blonde kid from Germany who plays the double bass. Yeah, it's like the clinic from uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh my god! <laughs> Just it is, yeah. <laughs> Various various yeah, country stereotypes, ver- various all in the, nationalities yeah. represented. Yeah, um, there's there's uh, like a, a kid who plays the French horn, who I guess is Nigerian. There's uh, an Indian kid who immediately like sort of like nerdily gloms onto Cody Banks as like best friends forever. Uh, there's a British kid, a British child, uh, who plays the flute. Um, all of Yes, all of them can play their instruments. Cody cannot because he's because he's faking yeah, it. They probably did want um, to get London calling, but couldn't do it. Yeah, oh. I, and you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it again. No. London. It's 
it's um, so royalty free. So Emily, <laughs> Emily at this point says, "Do you want a Mentos?" And like prominently shows the thing, and and eats a Mentos, and because he's like, "No, it'll explode," and then like pulls it out of her mouth and throws it out the window and ducks, and then obviously it doesn't explode because it's just a normal Mentos, and they all think mm-hmm. that he's weird. Yeah, this is, a, but the, they get over it remarkably quickly. Uh, he doesn't like have to hear about this for the next ten years or whatever. Um, they don't call him so, Menti as a as a nickname, which British yes. children obviously would. Yeah, it's it's not still like you know on his Facebook wall like twenty five years later mm-hmm. or anything. Um, so they find out not, that they, not that I'm holding any grudges. Anyway. They find out that they are going to be playing the International Youth Orchestra are going to be playing at the G Seven Summit, which is going to be taking mm-hmm. place at Buckingham Palace. Um, yes, and then for Prince Andrew, <laughs> um, and Cody Banks is like, "Oh shit! There's a G7 summit going on. Somebody's running around with mind control. That's obviously the target." Um, mm-hmm. Then we see that um, that Anthony Anderson is undercover as the chef, and he serves American food, and all the British people are like, "I say." The the, the senile butler has to like struggle to ring the big dinner gong and. Obviously, this is a sort of very involved, obscure slight against the aged British rank organization, as opposed to the like virile Leonine American MGM who produced this movie. Um, it's all wheels within wheels. There's a lot of like deep symbolism here. Um, That's why it takes four hours yes, to watch the movie. You've got to really like, yeah, exactly. It's a rich text. It's a tapestry. Yes, I would say. Yeah, um, and and he makes them American food. He makes them crawfish and grits. Uh, the, the traditional food of Compton, I guess. Um, we, we do some bits, we do some jokes, they're not very good. I literally, like, the next sort of half hour of this movie, I have two notes, one of which is the words dog comedy. Um, I, yeah, yeah, comedy or something. So, so like, Anna Chancellor, do you think it's like a like head... Okay. Diaz meets Kenwood, meets Lord Coleman, and it's like, yo, let's do mind control... Kenwood mind controls his dog uh, to pour drinks. And play the piano. He's like, look, I've got the mind control working. Give me the second disc. I'll do mind control. We'll mind control all the world leaders. It'll be great. We'll take over the world. Um, there's a bit where Cody has lunch with Emily, um, and it's kind of a meet cute. And she's like, who's your favorite composer? And he looks at the ketchup, and he's like, Heinz. Yeah. The head we, of we the music the- academy is also a weird, racist he's- British character. Yeah, he... he- you one of Lady Kenwood's foreign, Johnny? And it's just sort of gen- generally along, along these lines. In fairness, every teacher at my school was like this. Yes, that's but, true. Um, he also looks and sounds a lot like a lot of the teachers at my school as well. But also, fuck off. Y- yeah. A- again, like, we're not saying any of this is inaccurate. Like, all of this is sort of a, like, um, League of Gentlemen, sort of like, uh, Little Britain level of contempt and horror for the British public. But... It is, it is which we share. Like it's, yes. it is yeah, funny. The accent that they're making Hannah Spirit do is good. Like it's, it's yes. properly like he's a bit odd. Like, <laughs> but she, yeah, they ask about fucking Heinz, and he's like, "What's his best work?" And I'm like, "Oh God, Jesus Christ!" Yeah, what is this girl's accent? Is that no, how she really sounds? They, I don't know I if no it is. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> more sympathetically. So, so than, armed, armed, uh, apologetically. Armed with the dog evidence, he, they're like, okay, you've got to go break into Kenworth's lab, which is in the Tate Modern. Um, yeah, that's really weird that it's just like, they've shown us all these landmarks of London, they're like, this is Kenworth Labs, and I'm like, no, it isn't, that's the Tate. Yeah, no. Well, I mean... <laughs> I see yeah. that every day, like... They're, they're trying to dissuade you from going to the Tate Modern, which they should do, because you will have a disappointing time. Yeah, because it's they moved the rock well to the curated. Tate Modern. I quite like the Tate yeah. Modern, but yeah, no, there, is, there are some <laughs> curational problems. Hit and miss. Yeah. This has been the Kill James Bond culture segment. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the, the, every every episode we just like lightly review a museum. Royal we Portugal always edit nice, it out though. until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then Lord um, Kenworth I'm... farts in a lift. Yeah, which is truly yeah. the nadir of the film. It's just, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, so so Anthony Anderson has to try and like provide cover to get Cody in, which he does by like bringing in some urine samples and, like, spilling them on a guy's sandwich. The security guard sandwich. Uh, the, uh, after he leaves, the security guard does eat it, which is the only moment of cinema or comedy or, like, true life in this movie. Um, it's 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 obviously, like, a, sort of a metaphor for our knowing consumption of ideology. It's a lot like the second, the second circle of Salo, 
Um, so you, you can really like it's one of those things where you can really tease out the sort of the Pasolini and sort of like metier here. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then Lord Kenworth farts in a lift. Um, <laughs> we're all worried about this episode making it to time. We're all <laughs> Uh, so Cody sneaks into the lab and he he finds out that Kenworth and Diaz they've put a mind controlled ship in a fake tooth and then they they knock out their victims with knockout gas and then they put the fake tooth in and then they can mind control them they have a guy I have two thoughts about this about this dental this dentistry thing first of all this is obviously like a movie that's intended to like give kids nightmares about going to the dentist which fair enough but second of all this is a very tinfoil hat pilled thing to deploy on the viewer like your fillings are controlling your mind is uh yeah just sort of like if if anyone's having sort of any latent dissociative disorders in the audience as a child you really like flush those right the fuck out now um yeah, so this is, as you say, the 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 behest of uh, the dentist Santiago. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, what is this guy? What is this guy? Mm. He's just he's a he's a, he's a very strange doctor. He looks like a discount Mark Heap. Santiago Segura. Um, I don't know. This is a it's guy. Just a weird, creepy doctor. Anyway, uh, so mm. Cody trips the alarm and escapes, but he gets spotted yeah. on the CCTV, and they're like, "Jesus Christ, that's Cody Banks." Santiago is just, Santiago's another one of those like sort of genre of like Peter Stormare coded people that are just never. <laughs> Every time I see one of these yeah, guys, I'm like, "It should have been Peter Stormare. Should be in there." Unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, well, different... you need an evil scientist character, right? And, yeah, of and so, like, yeah, you no. want like a Russian guy, or you want like a German guy. And I'm yeah, like, you Valdor Brucha. Like, for why have you sure. gone for this? Spanish? Why is Spanish? Yeah. Like, just doesn't work. You don't. Yeah. Um. But so the one of the security guards who all have regional accents, and they're the only people who do. Every other like um, like every other British person sounds either like. Aren't you one of Lady Kenwood's foreign, Johnny? Or like, <laughs> and and like the security guards just have a, just a like from Liverpool or Manchester either. <laughs> just a normal um, sounding guy. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, like these are the, the movie's saying like but... these are these are equally comical to us. Mm. Um, but Cody makes it back to the music academy and they're like, oh, this should play a set out in front of everyone. And he's like, oh, I can't. Play. And then it's obviously it's fucking gadget clarinet, so it plays itself. Yeah, plays mm, fucking yeah. fly the bumblebee. They all start. Like the, the fucking the the Deutschland eighty three joke. I fucking watch the show because it's really good and it's in the first episode. Um, right. Oh <laughs> god. Oh god. Uh, Hang on. Let's, all, let's have a stretch. All right. Let's all just. Co- Co- Cody seventh inning stretch. Right. Co- Cody like excuses himself again because Diaz is following him and they 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 know that he is. Uh. And so this sets off a chase sequence with Cody, uh, his handler, and Diaz, who has a rocket launcher concealed in sort of like a uh, flashlight yeah. torch. Cody's handler um, borrows a bike off a British guy who's yeah, yeah. He's st- this this guy's a mod, like like an old school like rockers versus mod mod. I'm like, were these guys around in 2004? I feel like this is a way older thing. It's like. It's like suddenly, like the movie's set in America, and suddenly you run into like a, a hippie, and it's like, oh, they have those in America. It's like not for like thirty years, man. I, I'm I'm sure we've inflicted similar sort of like cinematic crimes on the Americans in our time. Um, but yeah, it, it genuinely does feel a bit weird at this point. Um, just because, again, like every British character in this is almost incomprehensible. Like. It's, <laughs> That's to us. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is like holding up a sort of a twisted mirror and allowing us to see our own society quite clearly, and being like, "Oh, we really are like horrifying shit-covered orcs all the time." But like, genuinely, it's quite weird. Um. Anyway, so Cody Cody leads them into the historic water bottle factory district. Of yeah, London. I wrote "Final Fight in the Water Room." Yeah, it's just like a room stacked full of the uh, bottles for water coolers. Um, and we see Diaz has one superpower, the one superpower that the English cannot tolerate, 
Something which like allows you to land effortless knee and elbow strikes on anyone on Twitter. If you are an American and you come to this country and you simply I am not bald. That's <laughs> all you need. Will infuriate any one of us. They have a fight. It doesn't go anywhere because Cody is arrested mm-hmm. by the Metropolitan Police. Oh, this Cody's bit, arrested. This bit, so he goes he- completely Sigma male. This movie this movie does not respect the British so much that it like it then takes the idea of like a British guy who is also a cop and laughs even harder. <laughs> so, he, good. so 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 he gets arrested by by armed Met Police. Very weird to see uh, a Ford Mondeo ARV, but such was the time in two thousand four. Yeah, so this this film it shows the Metropolitan Police as being like Sort of bumbling, like working, like you know, friendly PC, like local bobbies and stuff. And it's like some police forces outside of London in rural areas are like that if you are white. Um, but like the Met are absolute fucking psychopaths. Like there are a lot of like honest to god fucking Nazis in the Metropolitan Police. Like they are, they are total fucking psychos. And you can't be like it was a different time because no, if anything, the not. further you go back in time, it was, it worse. was worse. So like, you know, this, so- this is like living memory of the big "I've met the Met" stickers being stuck on people being kicked out of the back of vans. You know, yeah. Like, so we meet police commissioner who's played by a British actor called Mark Williams, who's like very yes. good actor. Yeah, but who's who's Metier? Who's dear? I've said Metier twice in this episode. His his like fucking his idiom, his working idiom is sort of bumbling and affable. Yeah, he um, was Ron Weasley's dad in the Harry Potter films. That's what you probably know. He was him, he, he, was, he was Father Brown in the Father Brown adaptation. Yeah, and it's like I do not was... believe that this man has risen anywhere in the Metropolitan Police because if if this man well, was in the Metropolitan Police, anywhere in the Masons, can't you? Well, no. If this man was in the Metropolitan Police, he would have been kicked to death for being gay. <laughs> I don't know. He's meant to be like a fucking uh, uh, chief superintendent or something like that. So, like, maybe he's like been parachuted in from Surrey. But like, uh, yeah. So, so essentially, Cody just laughs at the idea that a British person can be a cop, which is, I, I would say, the the correct thing to do if you are ever arrested in <laughs> London is just to like. Find the idea that a British person has any authority to arrest you hysterical. It's so funny because he literally is just like, look, in about three minutes, maybe less, that phone's going to ring. You're going to listen to it and then you're going to apologize to me and let me go. And like, it's such <laughs> like a fuck. Like, he's fully just sat there like. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah. but he does. He does the fucking thing from Lord of War, where he's just like, "Yeah, that phone's yes, gonna ring, and fuck. you're gonna let me go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so ultra Chad out of nowhere for no fucking reason. <laughs> Such a good scene, just to really sort of like flex the superpower muscles there. Yeah, and this is exactly what happens. And when when he is released, he makes the cop apologize to him, which is. This this was Re-insert a great time music, in US yeah. UK relations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, he walks down the hall and bumps into. Well, he's taken to see her. In fact, yes, Emily. Who? Because the thing is, right? Britain, we invented the child spy. You That's know, we, right. we did this first. We 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 had Alex Ryder before he fucking aged out into a twin. We've had we child workers and child soldiers like well before the US existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dickensian Some shit. Some of those in every chimney field. sweeps worked for MI6. Yeah. <laughs> Planting listening <laughs> devices. Be- best, That's smart. Well, there is literally a scene in this movie where he listens into a conversation from a chimney. And like you gotta be a child to fit down one of those, so Seems logical to me. Where's my Victorian child spy movie? Um, patent yeah, pending. So patent she's, pending. Patent pending. Yeah. She she she's like an undercover officer, and she's like a femme fatale. And when when we come in the office, there's a shot of her with like her legs up on her desk that feels illegal. I feel yeah, very strongly this is a, about again this. the kind of spy kid super problem of you can't you can't do these kind of like coded things when the actor no. is a child because it just yeah. seems weird. It's it's basic instinct, but like this is, this a, is a child, sixteen year old or something. I'm like I'm very very uncomfortable. Britain, yes, um, we are not she's... a fan of this. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, this no. I'm not the a thing fan about of child this, pornography. Thing about this movie is that it correctly identifies that everyone in Britain is a hateful 
awful caricature. And then it also goes, hey, you know what? A lot of paedophilia in this country as well. It's also Weird. true, yeah. Um, hey, look, and again, so, they're not wrong, but it's... It's critique. <laughs> it's on. critique. You can't argue with it. I'm not going to um, argue. It's just, I don't know, they're in a position to steal Britain, like, absorbing fucking 26 consecutive blows here. Um... But because she's like a hard-bitten undercover cop, she's like, do you want to go to London's sort of like edgy Chinatown district with me? As if fucking like the Chinatown, like Chinatown in... It's, they're trying to make it's it out like literally. this is the fucking like like Blade Runner, but Chinatown is like one of the most tourist like cool places. It's, it's like you're on the edge of Soho, like the M M&M Street store is like away. one block of it. <laughs> it's genuinely it's one street away from Leicester Square, the worst yeah. place in London. <laughs> yeah, like the Lego store is literally around the corner from Chinatown in London. It's unfucking. I've never been so glad that they didn't decide to do some Chinese music. You know? Oh yeah, no, because you know exactly where it would have fit in as well. Because they did that thing where they like they opened the camera on the like arch and then moved down to show mm. everyone. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. It's like, oh no, mm. what if I have to pay sixty pounds for a fucking takeaway? <laughs> Which which they basically do. Yeah. Um, they, they get a rickshaw uh, because that's sustainable, and then Cody gets kidnapped immediately with the knockout spray. Um, there's they they put the uh, fucking control mind control chip in him. There is a fun little joke, which is the dentist trying to do actual dentistry. So like the other guys are like, we put the thing, and he's like, well, he's got like a small filling and like a small cavity and like lower left three that I want to get it and. <laughs> I, I realise this is criticising the performance of a child actor, but I would have Fuck liked it. to see Frankie Muniz... Good, they've had it too easy for sure. <laughs> I would have liked to see Frankie Muniz do more with evil Cody under mind control. That would have been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he, he, he wakes Change up... Change his costume, uh, like give him a different hairstyle, make him emo or something. Yeah, do you know? like fucking a Spider-Man 3 situation. Yeah, yeah. Make him, make him weird with it. But instead he's just sort of like... It's sort of annoying, really. Also, they just like immediately just get it out of him. It's like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, that should have been the climax of the film. We have a brief moment of sort of like body horror and lack of autonomy of having like Cody having a serious neurological event where he just like repeats himself and like throws food everywhere. And it's like, yeah, been there. Hope never to again. Quite heavy shit it's to like, like deploy Biden. the child. Yeah, movie. No, very yeah. strong. <laughs> He's like throwing fistfuls of beans at all the other kids. Um, and they're all giggling, and I wrote, if anyone threw a fistful of beans at me, I'd be the most furious motherfucker on God's mm. earth. That's a waste of fucking beans. <laughs> Great western, though. Waste of fucking beans, yeah. <laughs> um, also, he just says beans on toast. Weird. Yeah. Which, yeah, so true. The, no. It, admittedly no, true. Good. They, 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 they get it out of him with the expedient of, like, cutting up one of the explosive Mentos really small, and, like, exploding a tooth out of his mouth, which is also... Horrifying. Pretty fucking. That's sort of pitched at about a sort of a Cronenberg level of body horror there. Also, is they are they implying that Anthony Anderson knows exactly how small to cut the Mentos because he deals drugs? Is that the joke? I did wonder if there was a crack joke in here. I I'm not sure. Also, um, like, who was selling the crack, guys? Like, just think it through. <laughs> well, that's of that course he knows how. He's a fucking joke. CIA exactly. agent. That would have been yeah. a good joke, but no, but no. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. In any yeah, because case, you would be like, the, how do you know so much about about like crack? And you go, I work for the CIA. Like, that's that's the joke. Like, yeah, they the, the, they implant Keith David with the mind control thing. And then they go to Buckingham Palace to implant all of the G7 leaders with it. Uh, we, we also go to Buckingham Britannia. Palace. Uh, uh, Anthony uh-huh. Anderson is dressed as a Nigerian dignitary, which... Yeah, yeah. Again, again, sort of comedy. This is what comedy was in 2004. We get it... We, there is one piece of analysis that I have here, which is when we see the various G7 dignitaries, we get a, a Tony Blair impersonation. We do, we get a little taunty. Man... He he was really the last time anyone knew or cared who the prime minister was. Like even Boris didn't make that much of an impression. Yeah, uh, we've because we've had about five thousand prime ministers since then, none of whom have been elected. So yeah, imagine like, like, like I, a I, fucking I think... Gordon Brown impersonator in a movie like this. Just, no, it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. 
Tony Blair yeah, was on uh, The Simpsons. Like that's the last time anyone was. really gave a shit. It was a cultural moment, and I it made me realize that a lot of the labor right who talk endlessly about like Blairism and winning elections are as much like star fuckers as anything. You yeah, know? they're just like, clout shots. They want that international international prestige. They back. just yeah, want like, Americans it's, it's to think back. that they're hot. Which I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all of all of them get mind controlled. Uh, Kenworth, in his most bizarre decision, goes, "Okay, once w- w- everything is falling into place, we're about to rule the world. Therefore, I am leaving Anna Chancellor, my wife. For whom? Why? Under what circumstances? Listen, if I, I wouldn't." Th- I'm struggling to imagine a series of events that would like allow me to divorce Anna Chancellor, because I would spend every day of my life Yeah, so so Tony Blair has been mind-controlled to to name Lord Kenwood the director of the Royal Mint Mm -hmm. and then then Anna Chancellor's like, congratulations, and he's like, thank you, I'm leaving you. Um, Also, they've mind-controlled all the world leaders except the president and the president is not George Bush He's just no. He's just dude. He's just, yeah, it's our guy. He's a guy. He's just, yeah. just a dude. Pre- president, president guy. I love president guy. When there's a president who just has to like be around. It's really weird. It's like, well, hang on a minute. You've got Tony Blair here, and but also mm. as we see, there's the Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Yes, yeah, Queen detective. Oh, yeah. yeah, inspired. But not. It's mm. not George W. Bush. Yeah. So so the youth orchestra they have to like convince them that they're really spies, which they do by beating up the little German child, um, and then and then true. like the. No, little German boy, don't go into Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination London. My God, is full of British people. Um, Racism against the British. <laughs> yeah. yeah well. um, so, so the orchestra has to fucking stall for time. The little German boy does a cover of War. What is it good At for? At this point, I was very liberally using the 10 seconds forward button on Amazon Prime. I was just like, no, I don't need to see this. I don't need to see mm. this. Didn't realize that was an the, option. The, the it really is. Dancers. Like, it's, it's, it's war, what is it good for, like, mashed up with the Cody Banks theme. It's really bad. It sucks. And the Queen and Tony Blair dance. Derek is mind-controlled to kill Cody, but then he's not. Um, er, er, Emily does a lot of like a, a troubling, illegal number of like high kicks and stuff. Yeah, this is one it's move. Not good. It's like a jump yeah. kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Co- Cody like gets in the fight and the fucking palace gift. My room. notes here say, please let it end. What well, one thing? One thing I, I did fail to mention uh, is that at the camp way at the beginning, because this is like a, a sort of a brick line. It comes back again. Um, like like a brick dust, like a brick dust. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so so Diaz tells him at the beginning. Friends, enemies, everybody—they're all the same. Remember, trust equals death. Which to me is a Cienfuegos moment because if you remember Mamma Mia too, Senor, which yes. is a very sort of light-hearted, light-hearted sort of musical I've number, Senor Cienfuegos yeah. just yeah just drops in. No, for me, she left. Never to return. But don't you worry. I have made my peace with pain. Yes, these two characters, that's how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'd like to like award a little sort of like very de minimis award here, like a little Cienfuegos ribbon or something for dropping a sort of a weirdly hard emotional thing into your into your lighthearted movie. Um but yeah so so he he tells him this again and Cody's like no cuz I have my friends to support me and he uh fucking and I think he knocks him unconscious with like a walrus horn or something. Yeah. 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 Kenwood gets arrested. It turns out the senile butler was a secret agent. There's mm-hmm. a very chaste kiss on the cheek from Emily because it's a children's film. Yeah, uh, because you know that's that female affection is a reward for doing your job well. This is a normal thing to teach children. Uh, Anthony Anderson gets like let back into the proper CIA and becomes a camp counselor at the camp. Yeah, CIA. it's really funny how that is the like, oh you're back in the CIA. Oh cool, do I get yeah, to torture people? Do I get to kill people? No, you're supervising children still. But now you do it in America. <laughs> Well, depending on what you believe about Epstein, a decent number of CIA officers spent some time supervising children. But uh, yeah, so uh, Cody's family comes to pick him up from camp. No, <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I'm just observing and reporting. Yeah. You know, um, 
Uh, and and Cody's Cody's brother tries to eat the mento, so we end with almost fucking suicide bombing a minivan with a family in it. <laughs> that would have been a fucking dark ending. Cody yeah, knows too killing, much. Take him out. There was no a sequel child. that was done, so my assumption is that they did. Just that's my that's my belief. In the same way that um, last from Spy Kids absolutely started doing torture. They just killed mm. Cody Banks off screen. But we'll find out yeah. when we watch Spy Kids four. It's not the same um, two guys. Direct to fucking DVD sequel. <laughs> what does what does this movie say about masculinity? I don't what know. What does it say about severe looking dark hair? One women? thing I do want to say: <laughs> How do I become is, one? Is that uh, executive producer Madonna? Whoa! Yeah, okay. completely fucking random. Again, deep state ass movie. There's mm. fifteen credited producers on this fucking movie. Yeah. I'm real sorry about this one. Like, I, I, this is shot in the dark. Like, I thought it would be an easy watch. I thought it'd be quick because I'm doing like so many sword fights every day, and I'm. And I was like, this is going to be like a nothing movie. There'll be nothing to mm-hmm. it. It'll be easy. And instead, it was just what a fucking slog. Instead, it was a series of like slurs and a, an assault against the dignity of the British people, which is intact uh. as it is. Oh god, we're in a rough spot right now. <laughs> really kicking us while we're down, you know. This movie is anti-British. Uh, it's it's like the financial markets and like the New York Times, the failure of New York Times. It's just it just hates Britain. Yeah. Hey, but it made a profit. It made two million dollars, which is more than I've ever made in my life by a lot. So, ah, movies. That's that's cinema. That's kino. That's kino. Well, I shouldn't pick a bonus film for a while. <laughs> We're putting you in the box. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too many times uh, has this occurred. Oh, to be fair, I, I yeah. have certainly brought us some fucking trash before in my time, so can't really judge. Mm. Very, very little to 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 rate or indeed to say about this, other than you know. Um... Hey, at least we don't have to feel bad about charging this one, as it is the winter of content. You get what you pay for, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Our next, our next mainline episode is going to be without remorse, I believe. That's right. Our next bonus episode is is your pick. It is that. my pick. Uh, we're going to do Saloum, which is uh, Senegalese. Salo, the thriller. 120 days of From last year. Oh, no, okay. we're not going to do Salo. You can watch Salo these days. It's nothing. <laughs> I, I don't approve. That, yeah, I've, I've been saying this. It's like it's remarkably. In fact, I did say this on the last episode. It's remarkably tame now because I, I rewatched it. And yeah, yeah. No. just rewatch Salah. Yeah, Why the, did you rewatch Salah? This roots. Did this just catch your fancy? Because, <laughs> no, because my fucking my boyfriend wanted to see it because he had never seen it and had like heard about how like horrific it was. And I'm like, I promise you, it isn't. Uh, it's a film that you watch because you think it's important, and it turns out to not be. Yeah, yeah. Mark, you decide. It's not even, it's not even Pasolini's best work. It's yeah. Mm. I was thinking about this recently. Anyway. I, I ended up finding out that the Marquis de Sade is actually what sadism is named for. Yeah. And additionally, yeah. Uh, masochism it's, it's... also is named after a guy. Yeah, Leopold von Sacher-Masoch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Venus and Furs. Man who is on yeah. record um... saying, "Please stop using my name to mean this." <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? No. Yeah, but he was a masochist, so he probably fucking yeah. loves it. To be yeah, honest. Yeah, true. Uh... Anyway, Saloum. It's, good. it's a good movie. I like. I want. I want you to see it. And I've even Saloom. got a guest lined up. So. Oh. Nice. All right. Well, we will. We will see you for that one. And in, in the meantime, thank you for joining us. We have a Patreon. You don't. You know, I ha- I'm advertising this because you don't have to be on it to listen to this episode because of the winter of content that we're doing. But if you want to give us some money, if you're able to give us some money, yeah, give give us some money. You know, because uh, it's getting more and more expensive to live in. And also, if you're if you're an American, you give us like a dollar. That's like two pounds. So yeah, your yeah. donations go it's further. Like, it's like twenty thousand pounds. We have a very like... weak pound right now, boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going that's so hot over here. Please, I, I need I need to keep the heating on in my house. Oh my god, you've got the heating on? Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. This has been a bonus episode, but due to the winter of content, it's on the free feed. If 
you have any spare money whatsoever at the moment, please head on down into the description where I have several charities that we would prefer you to support than us at this time. But, of course, I do like eating. So, thank you uh, to our patrons, and thank you especially to our £15 and above patrons, and those are Christine Fox, Amanda Comet, Forks Winchester, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Paint McCarla, George Rohack, Thomas Oberhardt, Nick Boris, Yarek, Natamori, uh, Tristram Wolf, Benno Rice, Kit Divine, Library Hitman, Beef Crime, great name, Gallen Burney, Jonathan Gerda is Jack Drummond, Max Gamenhart, Kentucky Fried Commie, Hell Bloodhands, Jay Martindale, Top O, Liza Mesh, maybe, uh, Jonathan Siegel, Big Titty Goth Girl, Mothman, Ellen Pearlberg, Harrison Fuller, Trip, Commissar Jen Jen, Charlie Out of a Closet, Danny Potter, Turf Seat Shit and Die Alone, uh, Zoe Shepard, Elizabeth Cox, Finn Ross, Emily thought this film was about short owls. I don't know if that's in reference to this or something else. I don't really, really know. Uh, Alfredo Quinvaleri and friend of the show, which is my real-life mother. Thank you to my mother. Gil James Bond is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Buffet. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya.